Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your hosts, Jeff and Lonnie Jenkins. Glad to be back with you, Jeff, on this end. Hi, Lonnie, on this end. Uh, thank you very much for joining in with us again. I hope you were with us last time. Uh, we're talking about end time and not in the usual prophetic uh, way that uh, most of the programs are. We're trying to show you an end time sign that has extremely significant yes. that just as the Sadducees and Pharisees and Herodians missed the sign of their day, I'm afraid the uh, church world is missing the sign to this day. The simplicity is this, friends, that God works on a, on a system of seed. His word is a seed. His program is a seed. Mm -hmm. And now stay with us because this is very important to get this thought process. In the book of Revelation, Jesus declares over and over, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. And that very principle is the principle of seed. Mm -hmm. And so seed is, Jesus said, except a seed go into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it go into the ground and die, it'll bring forth much fruit. So a single seed put into the ground, Jesus Christ. Then it goes through a process, and then finally the seed is reproduced in the head again, and that's harvest time. So we saw the life of Jesus Christ. He went into the ground, died. His resurrected life came back on the Book of Acts church. We saw, we saw his life in a many-membered body in the Book of Acts, and then that was the church that was buried during the Dark Ages. Uh, under the pressures of the religious system of the day, 68 million Protestants put to death standing against the uh, hierarchy of Rome. And then out of that came the little sprig of the seed finally coming back again, which was the Lutheran movement, just the beginning of the things of God. And that's that process now that the seed is going through. It was dead, buried, and then comes up through a little leaf and a tussle and a shuck, and finally back to grain time again. So grain in wheat, when we get ready to harvest the wheat, the final grain is the same as the original grain. And so therefore we should have some manifestation on earth. If we are at harvest time, there should be a manifestation on earth that the very resurrected life of Jesus Christ is being displayed on earth again. So Brother Lonnie, are you saying that, that the very same life that Jesus Christ exhibited, that very same life will be exhibited in flesh in another man? And in other words, if Jesus discerned if Jesus had visions, if Jesus knew Nathaniel's name, knew his nature, if he knew the woman at the well, then there'll be a man in this last day that'll have that very same messianic sign. Correct. That's exactly. Seed to seed. And you use the proper term there, messianic sign. We know mm -hmm. the woman at the well in Luke 4, she said, we know when Messiah comes, he'll do these things mm. after Jesus had discerned her life. Yes. And we know that Nathaniel said, thou art the, the son of God, the, the king of Israel, when uh, Jesus spoke and knew all about him. So, so consequently, that's exactly it. My. And so that this, this ministry, to, to be a compound of the life of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Moses had said, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like an unto me. Mm -hmm. And that was Jesus. Right. And so he was the prophet Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so at the end time then, we don't need another Messiah for a savior. Right. But the very life of Christ, remember Jesus was the word 
made flesh. Mm -hmm. And we find in Hebrews 12 that when the Word is made flesh, mm -hmm. that it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the True. heart. And so we haven't seen that ministry since the very time of Jesus Christ until this age, which is declaring to us we're at harvest time. Yes, we are. And then we tied that, friends, back to the, to the principle then of Leviticus 23, that when the first portion of the field reached harvest maturity, a portion of that grain, if you've ever watched uh, a cornfield or a wheat field ripen, it doesn't all turn uh, color at the same time. Portions of the field are golden harvest, maybe in the other portions pale green, and the other parts very green. And when it's all that uh, harvest color, then, then they harvest. But at the wave sheaf offering, the first part of the field that reached maturity, they took a sheaf of that and then took that grain in a basket and waved it before the Lord, saying, thank you, Lord, mm -hmm. that the process that brought this part of the field to maturity will bring the entire crop to maturity. And so we've watched that wave sheaf do that. In the first, Jesus was the wave sheaf in the, in the types in the Old Testament, but now we're at harvest time again. So the same wave sheaf mm -hmm. principle, because once God sets a pattern in motion, He doesn't change it. Mm -hmm. And so we have to see the very life of Christ again waved, waved over the people. Mm -hmm. And then to get that life ready to be waved over the people, of course, God has to train up somebody, just as Jesus mm -hmm. learned obedience by the things he suffered. In this age, this person, William Branham, had to be trained up to bring on this declaration, this manifestation, this revealing of the Son of Man, according to Luke 1730. So we've got a series of video clips here that we'll be showing you on and off through this program and the next program. It's, there was only two films that were all preserved out of the life of William Branham uh, that we can, we can show you. So most of it's audio or book but th these two, we'll just take some clips out of it and, and show you what's happening. So we'll just give you a little glimpse here as William Branham himself uh, takes you on a little further comparing what's to happen in the last day to the life of Jesus Christ, from grain back to grain again. And then farther in the chapter we find about the 19th verse that he was questioned by the Jews. Perhaps it would be questionable today why God would pass through a place where all those people were lame and halt and blind and would not heal them all. But here I'll quote his words. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. This doeth the Son likewise. Then according to his own words, his ministry was based upon visions from his Father. Would not be strange then that his ministry should be carried on as he promised his disciples, the things that I do shall you do also. Greater than this shall you do, for I go unto my Father. He said, A little while and the world seeth me no more, yet ye shall see me, for I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe it's a confirmation in this last days of the resurrection of Jesus Christ living among his people, performing the same signs and wonders that he did when he was here on earth. Now you see how William Branham was comparing the life of Jesus Christ and how it must be revealed in the last day. How he said that Jesus said he was led by only what, the, what he saw the Father do. Therefore, he was led by vision. And so to show you that grain is back to grain again, 
we'd like to sh show you a prophet in action. Uh, this time it's in uh, Washington, D.C., and you'll see him talking to a woman and then telling her about her life by vision, just exactly the way we saw in the scripture that Jesus was led by vision. And so now let's just take a look at this. And I see you moving from me. You're, you're, you've had a, I see a great crash of some sort. It's yes. an accident. Yes, yes, And you, yes. it was a car uh, wreck. Yes. And you were thrown in the air yes. like that. Yes. And it strained you in somewhere in your neck yes. and it's caused a, a cancer yes. to come into your neck. Uh, or, and you're some sort of a teach in the scripture. And you believe that Jesus Christ makes you well? I do. Father God, in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, on the authority of God's word by a dying woman, I ask this evil thing to leave her. Satan, you are exposed. So come out of the woman as the church of the living God calls for you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Thank now, Thank sister, you. just a moment. I just want to talk to you. Of course, you know it's gone now. Oh, yes. It'll stay that way. See how your throat left? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Praise the it's Lord. It's all gone from her. The, the garter has left her throat. And she, God bless you. Go on your road now and be thankful. And happy and rejoice. And, and be, now, keep in mind, friends, this ministry is a fulfillment of Scripture. Catch that now. Fulfillment of Scripture. This ministry has stepped right out of the pages of the Bible. Now, let's, let's go on a little imaginary trip with me. Uh, stay with me now. This is imaginary. We're, we're back in the days at the turn when it's going from B.C. to A.D., and there, we hear about this guy called John the Immerser down on the river, and um, some people are talking about that his cousin Jesus is supposed to be the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And everybody says, boy, what have these two guys cooked up? Mm -hmm. And you wonder, what is this? Is, is this really true? Because things are happening that are very unusual. What, what, just what is this? And so you say, well, my goodness, our religious leaders, they ought to know what this is all about. And this is an imaginary story. Stay with me. And so we say, well, Sadducees and Pharisees, they should know they're our religious leaders. Let's go on to their website and see what they've got to say about this John and this Jesus. And so you go on to their website and you know very well what you'd read on there because you've read it already in the scripture. So now going to the religious leaders of the day, the religious organizations of the day, would you have been helped by consulting them? No, sir. Mm -mm. You would have been hindered greatly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> am I trying to take you away from your church? No. But what I am trying to do is get you to go back to your Bible. Because the same way that the Jews were blinded by the traditions they had developed, Jesus told them, by the traditions of man, you've made the word of God of none effect. Mm -hmm. And so the very, we Gentiles have done no better job on not developing traditions than the Jews did. Mm -hmm. So consequently, now here we are 2,000 years from the age of the Messiah, and we have our churches also loaded with tradition and creeds and dogmas, all figured out how the second coming will be. But God interprets his word by bringing it to pass. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to declare to you 
that God is interpreting word. He is bringing his word to pass. And the second coming of Jesus Christ is already just as much in motion as it was in the days when John the Baptist was on the scene mm -hmm. because he knew he had to introduce the Messiah. So once John was there, the coming was in motion. And so this second coming of Jesus Christ is in motion. And so what we're trying to get you to do is wake up, check your Bible, see if these things are so. And we, in a half hour, we can't go into everything, but you can sure write to us. And if you're hungry and you un want to know, we can sure point you to the scriptures and show you exactly what's going on. And our website has many things also for you to uh, delve into and see what God is doing. If you're hungering for more of God, there's more of God for you to have. Would you like to add yeah. anything to well, that? I find it interesting that, uh, that the disciples didn't know who John the Baptist was right. entirely Correct. until after John's death. Right. So it's interesting to note that man has the ability, they think, to forecast the future and see, well, God's going to do this and this and this, or look back and see what God did. He right. said, you know what, if I was back there in the days of those prophets, I would have never stoned them, or I would have never had them sawn asunder. But they fail, man's nature is to fail to miss what God is doing. And I think the major reason is, is because man has a hard time getting past the veil of flesh to believe that God would actually work through a prophet today. I mean, yes, yesterday, maybe in the future, but not today. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that God works through prophets, yes, in your day. What It would be wrong of God to test each generation with the, with the word made flesh. He tested one generation in Noah's day with Noah's message in Moses' days. With, and they said to Moses, you make you too much of yourself. You, right. you make yourself a, a prophet. Why, there's many holy men in Israel. And so we find that today, if you were to get on the website, you see many people would perhaps denounce the ministry of William Branham simply because he saw visions he, he, in, he, he discerned the thoughts and sense of the heart. And he had an angelic visitation which and stumbles many people. Incredible ministry yeah. with regard to the angelic visitation. And what I, what I uh, would ask people to do is, is the Bible says in the last days, Matthew 24, 24, there'll be false Christs and false anointed ones. Well, look at the plural on there. Mm -hmm. False Christs, false anointed ones. And watch if the false anointed ones or the false prophets don't all pretty well mm -hmm. do the same things. The right. false ones, really, you can't have a genuine dollar bill. You can't have a false dollar bill unless there's a genuine that it's made off of. Correct. Right. And you look at the false Christs, they basically are anointed. Some of them, none of them have the ability to discern the thoughts and tense of the heart. Uh, none of them had the ministry of the scope or the power that Brother Bram's ministry had. They're, they're, they're anointed to power, but they're not anointed to the word. But mm -hmm. I want you to notice that... And, and I can say this of myself because I went all over the world, literally throughout the world, Scandinavia, Europe, and I asked questions all about the ministry of Brother Branham. And they all said to me, the men that knew Brother Branham personally, he said he was the most humble man that walked in shoe leather. He, was, he never succumbed to money, women, or popularity. Mm -hmm. Usually the big three, one of the three that get get a ministry that is a ministry that doesn't have integrity. Mm -hmm. Brother Branham's sole desire was to bring a message for God's people. He never pointed to himself. He never lifted himself up. But it's very evident today that he is literally fulfilling scripture. Yeah, the, the uh, next clip I'd like for the people to see, Brother uh, Jeff, Brother Branham brings out uh, 
how that this ministry is not to declare William Branham. This ministry is here Good. to de to declare the presence of Jesus Christ. Oh, wonderful! Because what happens uh, through this ministry is beyond what any man could do. It, it has to be the Lord Jesus working through a vessel. So we'd like to take a look at that now. Good. To you who believe, the angel of God who has been sent to me to help you to believe Jesus Christ is not two foot from where I'm standing right now. If you believe me to be his servant, you'll take my word. I can't make you believe it. You only have to believe but he's here now at the platform. Now the Lord bless you while I talk to the woman. Everyone be in prayer. These are sick people. Now if this lady says that she is a stranger to me, i never seen her in my life, no way at all of knowing her any way at all. Now I could not heal her no more than I could save her. And you know I couldn't do that. But Jesus Christ has already did all of that when he died at Calvary, but he sent gifts into his church. Is that right? If it is, say amen. And the gifts are to what? Edify the church. Is that right? In other words, to see believers, unbelievers come in and say, truly, the Bible said, if you all speak with tongues and there come in the unbelievers, well, they'll say you're mad. But if there be one prophesy and reveal the secrets of the heart, then won't that unbeliever fall down and say, truly, God is with you. Is that right? That's exactly right. All right, you believe now with all your heart that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is here now to perform and to do the thing that he promised he would do. Lady, I just want to talk to you as, and the, the reason I'm doing this is to contact your spirit. We hear Brother Branham on this little clip that you just saw talking about the angel of the Lord is not two feet from me right now. And many people I hear arguing over, over that and they say, well, since Pentecost, the Lord only uses the Holy Spirit. He doesn't use angels. And uh, that just shows we haven't quite checked it out well in, in Scripture yet. So he says the angel of the Lord. We'll come back to that in a moment. But just to refresh your memory, if you'll remember when Peter in the book of Acts, <coughs> excuse me, was in prison and an angel came mm -hmm. and let him out. And then he went down to John, John Mark's house and uh, they wouldn't even let him in because they thought sure he'd been killed. Uh, but there, nevertheless, it was an angel that released him from prison. <laughs> and then we also know that when Paul was on board that ship being taken to Rome, an angel appeared to him in the night and told him the ship wasn't going to be lost, the people weren't going to be lost, and he stood before the people and says, the angel of the Lord whose servant I am has said. And so their angel appeared to Paul. We also know that when the Ethiopian eunuch had been down into Jerusalem, and had been studying the scriptures and couldn't quite figure it out, but yet he had an honest heart. Then the angel came to Philip and directed him to go attach himself to that carriage that the eunuch was in and explain to him the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So it's very clear that even in, in spite of the fact that uh, the Holy Spirit is our personal guide, that God still uses angels. The scripture says angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for the saints. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the thought on angels explains a little more than maybe most of you are aware of, and so I'd like Jeff to pick up on that. Sure, sure, sure. What you find is, is that uh, Brother Branham is uh, referring to in the clip, he says, now the angel of the Lord is not two feet from me. 
If you study the life and ministry of Brother Branham, which is merely a portrayal of the life of Christ in this last day through a sin-born vessel, uh, the spirit of Elijah was on that man, but that, man, that man's ministry paralleled that of Jesus Christ, uh, not again to point to the man, but to point to fulfilled scripture. And uh, what we find is, is that Brother Branham says, the angel is not two foot from me. And remember the picture you saw of the halo over Brother Branham's head, the pillar of light. Now, if you go back in the Old Testament, you'll find that there was a pillar of fire that came down in Exodus chapter 13. And we find that that pillar of fire uh, was with the children of Israel by night and a cloud by day. But the pillar of fire is called the angel of the Lord. It's also called the Lord. And this is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is God himself in the form of a pillar of fire. So the angel of the Lord that was with Brother Branham was Christ himself in Logos form or in pillar fire form. So this wasn't just any angel that accompanied the ministry of Brother Branham. This was Jesus Christ in the form of a pillar of fire. Now, that shouldn't be too amazing because we find that, uh, or too hard to comprehend because we find that Paul, whose formerly his name was Saul, was smitten off of his horse. And we find out that a pillar of light smote him off of his horse as, and he was on the ground and he looks up and he sees that light and he says, Lord, capital L, capital O, mm. capital R, capital D, Lord, who are you? And the pillar of fire speaks back and says, I am Jesus whom you persecute. And so that great pillar of fire uh, was Jesus. So Jehovah God of the Old Testament is Jesus Christ of the New, and he made himself alive in the 20th and the 21st century and vivid and real. And here, let me just read you the scripture, that great pillar of fire. Now in Exodus, we see that same pillar of fire today in our generation, and it says here, verse chapter 13, verse 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them uh, by the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. And he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So it was there for protection. It was there for vindication. It was there for them to be able to draw a tremendous sense of faith and security. They could look up and see that cloud or see that pillar of fire by night. Now go to uh, Exodus 14, 19, and let's find out who the pillar of fire is. It says the angel of the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of fire. So he was visible. God was visible in the form of a pillar of fire. Verse 19 of chapter 14, and the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before their faces and stood behind them. So the angel of the Lord is God in, this, in these contexts. So the angel that was with the prophet was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ in the form of a pillar of fire, the very same way he met the apostle Paul on the road uh, to Damascus. Yeah, I'd like to expand on that yeah. in just a moment for clarity of understanding. When we say it was God, uh, because of the teaching of the Trinity doctrine, so right. many are, uh, get, get confused, yeah, they do. Get confused mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. But the Logos of God, which is the Spirit of God moving in toward manifestation mm -hmm. in the Word of God, mm -hmm. uh, is, is actually, that, that's better known as Christ, right. the anointed Word. The anointed Word. And so it was Christ, the anointed Word. It wasn't Jesus of Nazareth that right. was with them in the wilderness but it was Christ the anointed word that Beautiful. was with him. And that Christ can take on most any form. And that, that Christ uh, was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. 
and he just, we could go through the scripture. He took on v various forms. But I'd like to also move over just a little bit when we, he talked about the light that met, met Paul on the road to Damascus. And if you, if you can catch the concept that God said to Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, one Lord, and that there's not, not three of them out there, but there's just one. Then, then you can begin to, uh, to, to appreciate this. So when Paul met that great light, mm -hmm. he knew full well who it was. It was the pillar of fire that had led his forefathers uh, through, the, through the wilderness. And so he addressed him then as, Lord, who are you? Mm -hmm. And the voice answered back, I am Jesus. Now here's the next part I want you to catch. When he said, I am Jesus, then that, that Jesus that he said, he says, why do you persecute me? Yeah, yeah. And then when he said, why do you persecute me? Paul had never persecuted Jesus of Nazareth. He go. was persecuting Jesus in his new body, which was the body of believers. Right. So there's Jesus totally identified with Beautiful. the body of believers on earth. And when he persecuted the church, he was persecuting Jesus. And so that, that same identification carries forward right to today. Jesus said when he sent out the believers, he says, whosoever receives you, receives me. And whosoever receives me, receives the one that sent Hallelujah. me. And whoever rejects you, rejects me. And so that, that principle continues on. So we see how serious it is. If God, as we are declaring to you, if God has fulfilled mm -hmm. Malachi 4, Luke 17, 30, Revelations 3, 14, and so many more scriptures mm -hmm. in the ministry of William Branham, and he has sent this to earth, then look how imperative it is that we search the scriptures to see if these things be so. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. they be so, we had best embrace them True. for the living word in each age is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Jesus said he was the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that's the way he is the same. He's not here with a robe and a staff in his hand. Mm -hmm. He is here because he is the living word in every age. And so we have just caught glimpses of this manifestation now in these video clips that we have shown you, and we're going to be showing you some more mm -hmm. in the very next session, so please stay with us. We want you to see what God is doing in this age. God bless you. God bless. If I put one grain of wheat into the ground, it will reproduce itself in the head many fold. And Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. So he's the beginning and the end. The church ages of Revelations chapter two and chapter three show us the growth cycle the church has been going through. And this ministry testifies that mature wheat is back in, grain in season again. Now what does that mean to us? It means that the rapture is just on us. Are you ready? The video excerpts shown on today's program are from the DVD entitled 20th Century Prophet. To obtain this DVD or a copy of today's program, Forerunner to the Second Coming of Christ, contact us at Global Answers at 1695 Stewart Road in Lima, Ohio. Our zip code is 45801 here in the USA. Or visit us on the web at globalanswers.us and click on the Resource Center link. 
And while you're there, please be sure to contact us through our email, info at globalanswers.us, and send us your comments or questions. Thank you for joining us, and may our Lord Jesus Christ richly